Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise God, praise God. If you would, turn to the book of Romans tonight. We're so glad for all of you that are here tonight and those that are watching by way of the web. So many have contacted me and said, had to turn around to the roads and, and or other things that did not allow them to be here. But we are so glad that you, those that are here and those that are watching by way of the web tonight. Um, Romans chapter one, before we get into the word though tonight, we wanna pray uh, for a couple of specific needs this evening. Um, I know that prayer requests have went out, and uh, but for Brother Gary Sharp, last Sunday night had a brain aneurysm. Uh, they life flighted him to Columbus, and he needs a miracle in his life. Um, and uh, they uh, yesterday we were glad to hear that after they did the brain surgery to remove the blood clot, that he did respond by the opening of his eyes. Uh, to his his name command and I think we ought to thank God for that amen we are believing that he's going to have continued healing and so today where he's at is they're trying to regulate his blood pressure and and trying to take care of that and doing some testing on him we are believing for 100% recovery amen we know a God that's able we love brother sharp don't we and I know his family is tuned in tonight please know we are praying uh multiple times a day for Brother Sharp and for your family, Sister Cheryl and um, Eric Jordan and Amanda. We're praying for you as well. Uh, also, Sister Kathy Gibson, Brother Nehemiah's mother, uh, still is in the hospital, very, very serious in, in intensive care. They did say she had a pretty good night last night from what I was hearing, and we're believing for a recovery for her as well. There are others that are sick tonight that are in the church. I'm not going to name, but uh, we're going to pray that God will move over this body and touch these specific needs. Would you help pastor pray right now, Lord? We pray for Brother Sharp. You're a God that does all things well. You're a God that heals and sets free. I pray that you would move upon Brother Sharp tonight, right where he is in the hospital in Riverside, that you would touch him and heal him. Bring life, God, there. I pray that, Lord, the swelling would go down. Lord, I pray that everything, Lord, every level that they need to go normal would go normal. I pray there would be no permanent damage, oh God, in Jesus' name. I pray for divine healing to flow. For you're a God that sees us, oh Lord, and you know where we are at. I pray that, God, you would touch Sister Kathy Gibson right now. Move up on her body. Touch her, oh Lord. Let her lungs begin to work better. Oh God, I pray that in her mind, the Lord, her body and spirit would be strengthened. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All of those that are watching that are battling with sickness or some need in their life, I pray they would be ministered to in the next few moments. In Jesus' name, we pray. Somebody say amen. If you will look in Romans chapter 1. Look at verse 13, Romans 1 and 13. Where'd this snow come from? My goodness. It's a, uh, I checked the weather multiple times a day and out of nowhere, 
seemed to be snowing pretty hard, but it's, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'm not complaining. I love the snow. But probably just a few weeks from now, we're going to be ready to see it go, aren't we? Uh, now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purposed to come to you, but was, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. Verse 14, and you have to realize he's writing to the church at Rome. He said, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is. Somebody say, it is in me. I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I've been preaching other places, but I've come back to the, to the country that I was raised. I'm a debtor to you. It's in me. I, I've come to preach the gospel. Verse 16 is powerful. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Can you say amen? Uh, tonight I will be teaching about Dream Team, which is the volunteer army of this church. And Dream Team, God bless you. You may be seated. I'll never forget when Rod Hoffman showed up at this church and uh, I, I had never met him don't ever recall even hearing his name some 10 years ago. I, I do know that it was, he came in, this man I'd never met. He sat right here on the front seat and I preached and, and um, we had our service. And afterwards I went down to him and shook his hand. He had prayed and uh, he said, it's good to be home. And he would sit there in that seat, come to find out that he was a man that had backslidden from God and had been out of the church. I don't know how many years, Brother Melik, but many years he had been away from God and had lived the life of sin. But he was talking to uh, Ronnie Burgess, Annie Brown's son. And, and uh, Ronnie said, I'll tell you where you need to go. You need to go, you need to, go to the anchor. And, and he came. He was a fulfillment of prophecy because I had prophesied that God was going to start sending backsliders back to the church. And I want to say here right now, we believe that there is a place for sinners to be healed and for backsliders to be restored. Would you say amen? We believe for mercy for the sinner. We also believe in mercy for the saint of God. And we watch this man and I, I can say to you that there is a culture here. We do not justify sin, but we have a language at the anchor that we believe is very biblical and it's words like this. His mercies are renewed every morning. Every time the sun comes up, it's another day to get right with God. Can you say amen? We have terminologies in the church and we believe that if you fail, you shouldn't run from church. You ought to run to the church. If you make a mistake, you shouldn't run from the cross. You ought to run to the cross. We believe church is a hospital for broken people. We believe it's a place for sinner people to be saved and sinner people to be healed. That's what the church is about. Hallelujah. 
My dad would preach it so strong. He said, the church is not a rest home for saints. He said, it's a hospital for sinners. And in this, we believe every single thing we do is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Luke 4, he he is Jesus, the sitting, he's at the, the Jewish synagogue and he opens the word of God and, and uh, he's reading from Isaiah and it says that Isaiah, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to open the blinded eyes, to set at liberty the end of the bruise, to set captivity captive and went down through there and he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And what he was saying was, I am the one that has brought the anointing to see the broken heart healed, to see the blinded eye open. I feel something in the Holy Ghost right now. There's people that have been blinded by sin that their eyes are gonna be opened back to the revelation of who they're supposed to be. The devil blinded them with their purpose that God is gonna open their eyes. And if you're backslidden tonight, you listen to this preacher, God's gonna make a difference in you if you just open your eyes and see it. He wants to forgive you, he wants to heal you, he wants to set you free. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. I was singing Sunday night. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Singing glory. Hallelujah. Amen. We are a church that is not perfect. We are a church that has been perfected. Only made perfect by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so our mission, and you have seen our vision is this. Restoring people to a greater purpose. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, we are restoring people to a greater purpose. Wouldn't it be terrible that the Bible, if the Bible said, if you make a mistake, it's one and done. Don't ever come back. You messed it up. You missed it. I'm sorry, but God's going to replace you because you made a mistake. You failed. Listen, this doesn't work that way. We believe that there's mercy for us. There's mercy for you. There's grace for you. If you believe that, say amen. amen. We believe that God's hand is far reaching in our lives. I don't want to, I don't want to stand before God and he say, oh, the mercy I laid at your feet. And you never took advantage of that. You never did what I wanted you to do. You say, but God, I made a mistake. He said, no, I went to the cross. You failed, but I'm the one that died. So you didn't have to die. The whole concept of scripture, if you could, if, if this is a body and you would, if you would take a knife and open up the word and you would pull the chest back, the chest back of the word of God, it would be beating the mercy of God. The heart of the book would be beating the grace of God, the restoration of God, the healing of God. It's the heartbeat. It's forgiveness and mercy and second chances. Amen. We have to believe that as a body because it's biblical. If we will believe that, God is going to bring people to the church that need forgiveness, that need healing and need restored. And we are a body that we believe God has called us to be a restoration church. And if you look, we believe that there's a system of the vision. And look what it says. Step one. In the system of the church, 
is to love God and love people. Out of love, you, you build a relationship with God and you realize what? That God loves you. I heard someone say truly, they said you can never truly love someone else if you don't love yourself. Believing that you're forgiven. Believing that God has a plan for your life. I want everybody to say, you've got to learn to love yourself. You've got to love yourself. And how do you learn to love yourself? By looking at all your mistakes. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember moments in my life and I stopped doing it, but I, I get real frustrated and I say, oh, I can't stand myself. Anybody ever said anything like that? How many of you ever been there? Man, I, I, I'm such an idiot. You ever called yourself an idiot? You ever said things like, I'm so stupid. Stop that. It's not right. You're snared by the words. You might actually turn into an idiot. You're snared by the words of your mouth. And we shouldn't call other people that. Amen. But what I'm saying is, is that you've got to learn to value. I messed up, but it's not over. It's a mistake, but it's not who I am. It's a moment, but it's not forever. And so loving God and loving people, you've got to learn in that process to love you. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hand of God is up on me. I am the apple of his eye. Come on, somebody say, I am the elect of God. I am the son of God. I am a child of God. My lands, I wish y'all join me right now and say, I am. Paul said, I am what I am because of Jesus Christ. That's not arrogance. That's confidence. And there's nothing more confident than knowing who you are in God. There's nothing more attractive than knowing who you are in the Lord. And let me say this, you love God and you love people. And because I love God, what will I do? I want to attend services with the people of God. Because I love God, I am I'm going to get involved in the church. I want to complete first steps. And you're going to hear more about that. It is a, it is a, a series of four classes we're going to do when somebody wants to be a part of the church. Uh, they're on Sundays. They'll go through these classes and personality tests and things of that nature and learn, hey, this is where I'm gifted. I would love to be involved because just receiving isn't love. Love is what? Remember my teaching about love? Is love an emotion? Everybody say no. Can love be emotional? Absolutely. But what is love? It's an action. Love causes me to be involved. And so let me stop here for a minute and go back to Rod Hoffman. Rod Hoffman came and sat on the seat. He was faithful. He would sit right there on the front row. He said, I'm home. This is where I belong. I'm glad to be home. I'm glad there was a place for Brother Rod Hoffman to come home to. Can you say amen? And he, 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 I was even talking to him today, but I said, Rod, tell me a little bit about when you first came back to the Lord. And he said, man, when I came back to God, he said, I just wanted to give. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to get plugged in. He, there was almost felt like I had lost years that I wanted to make up for. And he said, I was in a place where I could just give that time. And he would help restore the building down in Crooksville. He helped restore the building in Calvary Apostolic Tabernacle. He, he helped do all kinds of things, working around the church. He was gifted. He was a handyman. He knew how to do lawn care. He showed up and said, Pastor, I want to cut your grass. Why was he doing that? Love does what? Everybody say it gives. Paul was making this statement in Romans 1. He said, he's in, it's implication here. He's implying this. He's saying, God's done so much for me. I have to take it to somebody like me. 
I've got to share this. I've got to do something. I just can't sit here. I just can't be a church attendee. I wonder what would happen if we fell in love with God all over again. Say, I just can't be a receiver. I, I just can't keep receiving. I've got to give back. I've got to do something. I've got to do something for God. I want to get plugged in. Somebody shout, that's my church. Amen. So you love God and love people. And because I love God, because I love people, because I love myself, I'm going to attend the house of God. Why am I attending the house of God? Because you need to. I understand weather like tonight and sickness and quarantines and things of that nature. It's where we are. We understand that. Now we, we've taught you to, to use discretion and I believe you have. But let me say this. I'm not just going to church because I need to be there. I'm going to church because the church needs me to be there. I mean, remember what Brother Graham taught us. He said, number 10 in the corner, there's a part of my field that doesn't belong to me. Somebody needs me there being an encourager. Brother Zion, somebody here needs you here with your hand raised and creating an atmosphere of worship and praise. Come on, I, I, I'm just a believer that when I praise him, he shows up. And where two or three are gathered together in his name, he said, there I am. I'm going there because somebody needs me to create an atmosphere of a healing and miracle and faith. Somebody say amen. Yeah. One lady stood up and testified. We used to have testimony service. Y'all remember that? This lady stood up and testified. She said, you know how I know the Lord is here? She said, because I brought him with me. You, you got to understand that the, 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 the exuberance you feel, the faith you feel, the prayer. You've been praying for that service all week. Don't stay home. Don't let the devil say, well, nobody even recognize if you don't go. That's a lying devil. You're not coming just for you. You're coming because you're a part of the body. I need to be at the house of God. Hey, listen, I'm going to just stay here for just a moment and move on. But there's people over in China that would love to be able to freely get to the house of God. There's people right now in Vietnam wish they had a building like this. They're hiding out in some, some room somewhere trying to have church tonight. Am I telling the truth, Brother Mealy? There's people in communist countries that would absolutely love to be able to worship freely. I don't want to ever get to a place where I just want to sit home because I don't think they need to know. I want to be like the psalmist who said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I need it. They need it. I need to be there. Somebody shout, we need to be in the house of God. Amen. Listen, I know you couldn't be here tonight, but from home, you've been, you're saying, I can't be there, pastor, but I'm behind you. I'm praying. I'm praying from here. I'm worshiping. We know people need this. What if somebody here tonight got a miracle? How many miracles and revivals we've seen break out on Wednesday nights? It could happen tonight. Something powerful could happen because you are praising him. Now, I want you to stop here for a minute and say, love gives. I go to church for me and I go to church because somebody else needs me there. It's needed. If everybody in the church was just like me, what kind of church would this church be? And so Paul said, I am a debtor and, and, and Rod, Rod Hoffman made this statement. He said, I just want to be involved. I just want to do something. God has been merciful. He restored me. I've got to give back. I want to get plugged in. And he volunteered for 10 years. His time building restrooms and laying ceramic tile and painting walls and, 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 and doing drywall. And he told me today, he said, one of the greatest blessings about working was working with Tom Melick. 
He said, get to be side by side with a man and see how Christian life truly is lived day after day with such a blessing. Aren't we thankful for Brother Tom and Sister Sarah Mealy? What an amazing team. They have blessed us. They do bless us. They continue to bless us. I've watched over the years the way they worship and the way they pray. They're being safe. They're unable to be here and been staying back as a lot of our seniors have been. We understand that, but we need to pray for our seniors, don't we? They want to be here. How many know our seniors want to be in the house of God? I'm asking all you faithful people here and those watching online, let's pray for our seniors and lift them up in prayer. I think we ought to do that right now. God, all of our senior saints, that Lord, they're trying to be safe. God, I pray that you would move upon them. God, give them much strength and encouragement. They've strengthened this church. They have been the foundation. They've been, Lord, the cornerstone. They have been the rock of this church. We pray that now, God, we can celebrate with them and pray a blessing over their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. Step one, love God, love yourself, love people, as I'm talking about. When you're talking about love people, you gotta love you. Attend services, complete first steps. We're gonna take the whole church through first steps. We want everybody here to be involved in the church. There is so much talent. You know what I believe? I believe there's, there's some of the best kept secrets that's sitting right here in the church about to be unveiled. That's how I feel. I believe 2021 is gonna be the best year because I believe there's gonna be an unveiling of giftings and talents. People are gonna say, I didn't even know I was able to do that. Allison, Allison Vanderhoff, she said, I didn't know I could paint like this. But when she gave it to the Lord, the Lord just multiplied it. And um, let's look here. Uh, step two, let's look and see what it says. Step two, because I love I choose to what? You heard me teach that. Because I love, I'm going to be my best. I'm going to become my best. How am I going to do that? I'm going to grow in faith. How am I going to grow in faith? I'm going to join a small group. I'm going to join a, a, a new life class. I'm going to join a small group in the church. And, and I'm also going to join the dream team. Why? Because it's not biblical for me to receive and not give. How many has ever heard of the Dead Sea? Everybody say the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea receives river that receives water from where? The Jordan River. The same river that feeds the Dead Sea, north of it feeds the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee, the river comes down. Sea of Galilee, it was filled with what? Many fish, life, miracles. We've seen it in scripture. Then, then out of the Sea of Galilee runs down to the Dead Sea. How many ever heard of the miracles of the Dead Sea? No, it's, it's dead. It's like Salt Lake City. It's no fish. 20 mile wide lake, but there's no fish in it. There's no life, just bacteria. You can't even swim in it. Just worthless. Why? Because it receives, but doesn't give. See, when God gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit, when God gives you word of wisdom, when God gives you his word, amen, and faith comes in, I've got to be committed to do what? Giving back. Amen. Not just going to receive it. I want to bless somebody with what God has given me. That's what Paul was saying. He said, I'm a debtor. I can't just sit here and keep receiving the richness of the word of God. I've got to give it. Come on, everybody take your hand and say, I've got to give it. Take your hand like this. Say, I'm going to receive it and I'm going to give. How am I going to receive it? I'm going to receive it by being involved in a small group. I'm going to grow in faith. I'm going to be taught the word. I'll be faithful to the house of God. But what else am I going to do? I'm going to join a dream team. What is 
the dream team. The dream team is the volunteer army of the church. And you say, well, listen, you can't sit back and wait until you're preaching, pastoring, being the missionary. I'm going to be growing in faith, being involved in a small group. I'm going to be doing some things in fellowship and learning, but I'm going to serve. It's the serving arm. Everybody say the dream team is the serving arm of the church. It's where we get to serve. This is an acre building. That means it's an acre of carpet. That's a lot of carpet to sweep. But people come and work and they clean. There's a lot of dust that happens in an acre building. People do those things. There's areas you can build. I'm just naming one thing. You know what? We don't want to have a dirty church. The church ought to be the cleanest. It's a representation of God. How many believe it's God's house? Praise God. It should represent that from the moment we pull in the parking lot till we leave. We ought to be at our best presentation individually and the best, best presentation as a church building. Everybody ought to come in and say, wow, this place is kept up. It's nice. Instead of coming in, the paint's chipped everywhere. Carpet's all messed up. Stuff laying everywhere. No organization because nobody cares about the house of God. It should never be that way. And it's not that way. You got manicured lawn. The landscaping's taken care of. Why? Because of volunteer arms of the church. I'm just naming one portion because people are saying, that's where I go to church. That represents the God that I serve. I'm going to be bringing people there. I don't want people to come to the house of God and think those people don't care about that house. My dad said he attended a church one time many years ago somewhere out west. Said he pulled in. The grass was that tall. Went in, has a dingy smell to it. Said, got in, the, the, the walls weren't taken care of. The stuff wasn't cleaned. You could tell nobody really cared about it. He thought, I don't, he wept and cried and said, it's a city of 40,000 people. And this is the representation of God in that city. Should never be that. Haggai said, Haggai said it this way, and I'm reading, I'll teach more about it later. But Haggai said, you, leave, you live in sealed houses, but mine goes to waste. Oh, there ought to be a, an appreciation in all of us that says, I want the house of God that I attend to be immaculate. I want it to be the best. I want it to, come on, you viewers online, when you come be terrible, the restrooms were dirty, the carpet was messed up, you was ashamed to bring your guests, but I'm committed to you as the pastor. We are committed as a body. It's going to be done with excellence. It's going to be done with the best we can make it. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout, that's my church. I want you to lift your hands just for a moment. We're going to pray. I want you to say, oh God of heaven, I, I want to be a blessing. I do. I, I want the house of God. I want it to be, Lord, I want to represent God what you would want it to represent. I don't want ever the place where I worship to ever be ashamed that the best couldn't come there and the people couldn't come there and feel appreciated and see the value that's placed on the house of God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody say with excellence. So when you're studying scripture, our God, if we love God, if we love people, oh, you men, if we love our wives, they deserve our best. If I love God, he deserves my best. It's like reading your Bible when you're half asleep instead of reading it when you first get up and your mind is at its best. God doesn't deserve my leftovers. Everybody say he deserves my best. And because I love, I choose to grow and become my 
best. I want to be my best. And because of this, I will grow in faith. I will become involved in the church in some way, manner, shape, or form. I'm going to be involved in this. Dream team equals volunteers. It equals the serving arm of the church. Here's a few things that you can be involved in. Let's talk about volunteering. Pastor, I've got this passion. I, I want to, how many have felt that passion? God saved you. you. You feel, man, I want to do something for God. I want to do something for my church. That's what Rod Hoffman felt. I just want to do something. Where can I be plugged in? I've got all of this going on. He said, everybody say this, as much as in me is, I am ready. God doesn't call you and then not put it in you. He's going to equip you. He's going to give you desires and passions. And uh, um, I think sometimes people get frustrated because they've got all this going on. They just don't have anybody plugging them in anywhere. I mean, it's like a, I mean, they're like a bomb about to go off. They've got all this to do. They've got all this passion. Where can I be plugged in? Hey, listen, we, we don't want you going off. We want to plug all that energy in. And so there's areas you can be involved in. We call the A team. It's our administration team. There's a lot to do there. I'm not going to define all of these tonight, but, but Anchor Christian Academy needs Needs. These are all alphabetical here, but Anchor Christian Academy, we are raising up. We're training up an army to send them out. There's areas to be involved, a lot of areas to be involved. We now have over 70 people in the building Monday through Friday. That's a mess. That's a mess. You're talking about got to paint more and clean more and pick up more. Do you know Disney World has 40,000 employees? Do you know how many custodians they have? They've got 40,000. Why? Because everybody that works there has to take pride in that. If you see a piece of paper, and I see one right there. You see a piece of paper, you are to pick that up and go put it in the trash can. There's a trash can everywhere. Why? Because if there was trash all over it, because Walt Disney said when he bought that swamp, he had a vision. And the vision was to turn it into what it's become. But he, he said, I want a place that's clean, safe, and fun. Everybody say clean, clean. Safe, safe, fun. He said he had three kids and said, that's what I want for his, my children. A place that'll be clean, a place to be safe and fun. Everything they do in Walt Disney comes out of those three categories. Clean, safe, and fun. Let me tell you something. God's house shouldn't be dirty. I'll give you an example. When they were judging everybody, nobody's good enough. They drug an adulterous woman. They threw her in the temple at the feet of Jesus. It says she's caught in the very act of adultery. Jesus knelt down and he rode in the sand. He was in the temple. He was in the house of God. He was not outside in the dirt. They had let the house of God go to waste. The house of God was filthy. It was filthy, representing what was in the leadership, representing what was in their heart. They were religious, but they didn't care about the things of God. They were prideful, judgmental. Oh God, I hope the house of God here represents what's in our heart. It's clean hands and a pure heart. How many wanna have that in the house of God? Amen. 
And I'm saying to everyone, because I love God, I'm going to love his people. I'm going to love his house. I'm going to love his ways. I'm not going to walk past a piece of trash because, well, Brother Aaron's custodian. He'll get it. No, this is my church. This is the house of God. I want to take pride. I've taught our preachers that. There was one preacher that did 14 weeks of minister training with his preachers. 14 weeks. On the 14th week, he came in. It was graduation day. He said, a piece of trash outside the door where the young ministers would come in. Every one of those young ministers went in, walked in and sat down and waiting on the pastor to come in and have their final day of their minister's training. And he walked up and he said, y'all look at this. He reached down, picked up that piece of trash. He said, not one of you picked it up. He said, every one of you failed. Because if we can't serve and stoop down and pick up stuff, trash in the house of God, who are we to get in the pulpit and tell people how to live right? We've got to take pride. I'm convicted. I'm convicted about this. I believe God wants to do something in Zanesville bigger than anything we've ever imagined. How many times do we have to have a prophet to tell us God's going to multiply this? It's going to be bigger. There's not enough services to hold it. I believe it. But we've got to get everybody involved. Every child, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every guest. Come on. Let's all get involved and be a part of what God's going to do. You know what I believe? I believe we're going to restore people to another country. I believe there's missionaries that's coming up. How many believe that? I really do. I believe God's going to raise up people in this church like we've never seen. It's, it's going to be not just been addition. It's just been the chip of the iceberg. I'm telling you what I feel. It's going to be greater, but everybody's got to get plugged in. Praise God. You can be seated. And so the dream team, let's look at it. Anchor kids, kids ministry. Anchor youth, youth ministries, going down to, uh, there's an attendance team, follow-up and tracking that, audio engineering, and uh, we need help in our sound department. Uh, the bookstore being a resource center for people and families to find where they can grow in God and grow in faith. Cafe team, candy cart team, community outreach. Man, it's a powerful thing is what we're doing in community outreach. Culinary team, we like food. How I many know oh, that's in the Bible? Dream team serves, serving our volunteer team in, in different events. Events team, we have usually once a year, we've got a district conference that's here. People come in from all over the state for some type of meeting uh, and uh, ways to serve and help that. We to serve our district, the Ohio district, our facilities. I've already been preaching about that, talking about it. First responders. First responders, um, first steps team, greeters, information center. Listen, everybody say greeters. greeters. Hostess, ushers. We're going to talk about uh, ushers there. Study says a person makes up their mind. They muck up their mind if they're going to come back to the, ch the church in the first eight seconds of being in a church. You, you don't want uh, Sister Drabby Sally... Well, come on in, have a seat. No, we, we want people that are so thrilled that you're, we're so glad you're here today. What is your name? Greeters are so significant that typically they can open the heart of the person to receive the word by that guest-friendly communication when they come in. Parking lot attendant. Ushers open a door and serving. I've, I've been to places, let me just give you an example. Cindy and I was going to a place, and some of you have heard me tell the story. I've been to places where I went in, 
And they didn't know who I was. They didn't know I was the guest preacher. I've been in places where I went and no one was in the foyer. I didn't know where to go to the restroom. We've been traveling. I guarantee you she had to go to the restroom. We come in, no one's there to greet us, open the door, can't, no one's in sight. Finally, oh, that must be the sanctuary. No signage anywhere. Open the door, peek my head in, feel a little awkward. Go in, somebody look at you like this, like, what are you doing here? And uh, go in and try to start up a conversation. Nobody would talk to me. Then go in and people start filtering in. Didn't know where to sit. I'm just a guest. And uh, then the preacher recognized me and bring me up, sit me on the platform, set my wife somewhere. And guess what? Then I get up to preach. And then after church, they want to talk to me because I was the guest preacher. That shouldn't be the way we are. Because everybody walks to that door. It's valuable to God. He gave his life for them. How many believe that? Greeters, ushers, information center, a place of communication, being there. There's so many events going on in the church. Being a part of that information center. Uh, kids check in, processing that for our children. The, the, uh, in the back, nursery ministry. Oh, uh, you know, nursery, nursery, nursery. There are some people that will not come to church unless there's somebody able to watch their babies. Any parents had young babies and you'd come in with your babies and you would say, I don't, Why'd I even come today? Any mamas know what I'm talking about? Because daddies don't understand it. Cindy would say to me, she'd say, I don't even know why I'm going. I sit out in the foyer. But a nursery ministry allows that family to hear the word of God. It's so valuable. We don't want one thing to keep somebody from hearing the word of God. Because you can't be saved without the word of God. So it's a way to get plugged in, a way to get involved. It's saying, listen, it's not, well, I'm just a nursery. I'm just keeping a baby. No, you're not. You are allowing someone the opportunity to hear God and be in the presence of God and respond can change your life. One of the most important ministries of the church is the nursery ministry. Would you say amen? <laughs> nursery, online campus. Um, we have people that watch online. There are so many things that go into that. Online, um, ministry, parking team, prayer team, uh, sensory, special needs that we have, um, uh, small group leadership, technical production, ushers, worship arts, stage design, uh, fifth Sunday meal teams. There is a friendship Sunday. There's so many events. That's just the name of few that we have. But what I'm saying to you is there are areas that we need help. You are valued and you are needed. Don't just sit back and say, I don't have anything to offer. You have something to offer. He has put it in you. Let's all stand and say, as much as in me is, I am ready to be involved in the church. It takes a lot of people to make one service here go. A lot of people. For a Sunday, over a hundred people are involved in Dream Team to make one Sunday service take place. The planning, behind the scenes, the cleaning, the parking lot, the sidewalks, the lights, the, heat, the, the, the heating in the air, everything that goes in. Brother Jody, wave your hand. Making sure, week after week, he comes in, make sure the water levels in the baptismal is right. Make sure it's clean. Make sure the water regulated. Make sure the pump's working. Make sure the temperature's on there. He volunteers that. Part of the Dream Team. There's an area for you 
We don't expect you to do it all. We're not asking you to work 70 hours a week. We're just asking you to do your part. And if everybody does their part, this thing can be big, reach a lot of people, and get more people to heaven. That's what it's about. Do you want to get some, see some people go to heaven? Amen. Amen. You can sow. You can provide. You can give. You can be a part. God wants us to reach people. Become a dream team member. Become a volunteer. You can see my face mask. It says the dream team. I'm on the dream team. I'm a part of the greatest church anywhere in the world. Right here. And God has called this place, Zanesville, to reach, a, to reach countries. How's it going to happen? We got to be ready for everybody that comes to that door. Every bus kid, every new family, every young adult, every senior that comes in, God has a plan for their family, their life. And it's our role to do what? To restore people to a greater purpose. Come on, there's drug addicts coming that's going to be saved. There's people of different denominations going to see the revelation of the oneness of God in Jesus' name, baptism. Praying in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. They're going to see these revelations. That's going to come. They're going to say, I have found more of God. It's happening. Brother Danny, who's the next missionary that's going to be called? Brother Zion, you and I were talking about today. Who's going to be the prophet that God calls out of this church to send all over this country to bring a prophetic word, to bring us to where we need it? Is it possible there's Jeremiah's and Nehemiah's and Ezra's and Haggai's and Zacharias? Do you believe that? Do you believe God could call the next Isaiah right here to be a prophet for the end time? Yes, I believe that. Brother Melik, might be not too long from now, somebody comes and says, I've got a burden for Germany. While I was cleaning the toilets, while I was shoveling a sidewalk, while I was sweeping the carpet, while I was cleaning up after a dinner, as I was just serving and helping in my church, God began to speak to me. I'm going to tell you, God dealt with me many times as I was sweeping the sanctuary, growing up in church, sweeping, cleaning, helping my mom get ready for a Sunday service. I wasn't preaching. I was just dreaming. This is coming Sunday. Somebody shout the dream team. All week long, I've been praying. This coming Sunday. This coming Saturday night. There's going to be a new face. Hey, everybody in the building ought to celebrate every time there's a new person walks through that building. Dreaming all week long. I've been cleaning. I've been picking up trash. I've been... Pastor, I came down and drove around the parking lot to make sure all the leaves were picked up because this week could be the guest that comes in that God calls up to send out to change a nation. Lord, I don't want this church to represent anything but excellence. God, revival, holy people, righteousness in the presence of God. Look at your neighbor and say, I've been dreaming. One of the best things we've done is be on a media fast, get our mind off what the world's doing and what God's doing. I want to dream of revival. When I was a boy, my dad would preach and I'd go there and work and help him and do whatever and we'd be sanding and sometimes covered in drywall dust and drywall mud, but we were dreaming. We were dreaming of a revival. Knocking out walls and growing and being bigger. It was our dream. It was our passion. Whatever I've got to do
do. I want to be a part of the dream. I want to be a part of the vision. I want to be a part of the plan. I want to see another soul saved. Hey, when you've invested in this during the week and somebody gets baptized, my goodness, you can't help it. You're like, that's what I've worked for all week long is to see another name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Keep dreaming, anchor. I called Brother Sean. I said, I'm dreaming. I'm a dreamer, Brother Sean. Called you the other day and we walked back and I said, you know what? It's possible we could turn Liggett Hall into a gymnasium. Have a full basketball court. Try to raise that ceiling up about 10 feet or so. And he said, hey, I'm gonna work with you on that. Just dreaming. But I'm dreaming of a school that has hundreds of kids in it that love God and are moving God. I'm dreaming of a youth group that outgrows that. I'm dreaming of outgrowing this building, having to relocate somewhere else and this just become the school. I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. And so I'll pick up the trash, I'll mow the lawn, I'll get involved with the baptismal team, I'll do it, but I'm dreaming of a revival. Lift your hands all over this room and say, I wanna be on the dream team. I wanna dream with my pastor. I wanna get involved with the vision. I want my medical giftings to be a blessing to my local congregation. I'll be a first responder. Something happens that's medically wrong, I'll be on the team to help get that person's medical attention right there in the church because thousands are gonna be impacted. Hundreds are gonna come to the house of God. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna be faithful because God's done so much for me. He didn't call me to stay home and just be saved. He didn't call me just to go to church and just be saved. He called me to be involved. Pastor, I've got musical desires. I've got musical giftings. Hey, that's a part of the dream team. Oh, I want to volunteer to be in the choir. I want to sing. I want to create an atmosphere. Pastor, let me be the one that opens up the prayer room. Let me be the first one there praying because somebody prayed me out of despair. Let me be in the outreach team. Let me be a part of the promotions team. Somebody's got to know what God's done for me. I'll be a testimony. I, I'll be a witness. I'll knock a door. I want to be a part of getting people in the house of God. Somebody say, man, I, I want to, we're going to leave and but I want you to just take a moment and pray. Would you do that? Whether you kneel, you stand. I just want to take a moment and say, God, I want to start dreaming again. I want to start dreaming about children that come to the house of God and become missionaries and established families. I want to start dreaming again about reaching the lost and reaching people, praying people through, altars being full. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.